Good morning, folks. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Today is Monday, March 27, 2023. Welcome to episode number 331 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Andy Nakamura, Kenneth Ruff, Carrie, Kimberly Can Fix It, LJ Northstar, formerly Passive Observer. And so many more of the Simply Cyber community are going to be tearing through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be providing my opinion and my, you know, subjectively <laughs> expert analysis on each of those stories. I want to mean to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, you're going to get value out of here through terminology, engagement, concepts, threat actors, APTs, A-ish, advanced-ish, as Jeff McJunkin put it on Thursday, defensive last Thursday. Guys, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Crazy busy here. Before we get into the top cyber news stories of the day, I do want to say shout out and what's up. What's up, B Seneca, Passive Observer? Good to see you. Shout out and love to the stream's sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking individuals, uh, excuse me, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. I got the website right up here on stream right now, if you can see it. A lot of great information here from Eric Taylor and the whole gang. But if you scroll down, this is where the, the jewels are right here. This is where the cream sits. Eric Taylor's personal calendar, you can jump on it right now, March 27th, 10 a.m. Right after the stream ends, you can get on a call with Eric Taylor and discuss how Barricade Cyber Solutions can help you if your business catches fire. I'm telling you guys, I say it every single stream, you do not want to be having those calls, those setup calls during an active compromise. You want that all taken care of in advance. Do yourself a favor, invest in a little proactivity, right? Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi, my good friend Brandon Poole. I love Brandon. He's been on the stream several times in the past. Expert defender. He's also very good at GRC and he, uh, through his company Panopsi, is offering quantified risk assessments, which is a evidence-based fact-informed risk assessment methodology. Most importantly, if you're a GRC wonk, the, the main difference between quantified risk assessment and qualified risk assessment is that at the end, the output that goes to the business is a quantified risk assessment, which has statistical probabilities uh, along with financials, right? So if you invest $18,000 more, you will get 14% more cyber risk reduction, you know, uh, in context of your network security. Or for $30,000 more, you, will, you won't get any really measurable uh, improvement over your cyber risk reduction within your identity and access management situation, your identity and access management is basically as tight as it's gonna get pending some massive investment. This this is very valuable to the business. So consider uh, a quantified risk assessment if you're ready to take your InfoSec program to the next level, or you, know, you got budget to burn, 
you know, we're, we're coming up on the end of the fiscal year here, entering Q4 of if you do a uh, half year uh, fiscal years. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't sweat it. If you do know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about and what color the money is and how it can get burned and all these other things. Panopsi quantified risk assessment, heck of a great investment. Also, much love to XM Cyber, but more about them as we get into the show a little bit later. Now, I want to remind you that every episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so don't be shy. Say what's up in chat. Screen cap it if you will. Make sure it's essentially the equivalent of signing your name on the red, on the on the roster that you are here. If you're live, I love it. Oh, hold on, I got a border on this thing. We don't we don't do borders. What are we doing? I had the border on because I filmed I filmed a special unlisted video and <laughs> not for OnlyFans. Jeez. No, I, I made a video. Remind me of Jaw Jacket, and I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll share a link to the unlisted video if you guys want. I just couldn't put it on the Simply Cyber channel because it would pollute the algorithm. If you're live, I see 159 of you here. Good morning. Welcome. 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 I'm drinking regular. I'm drinking my regular brew today. I'll, I'll tell you more about that at halftime. If you're um, Team Replay, say what's up in team on the comments. Team Replay, love engaging with y'all uh, on Team Replay. A lot of great comments going on over there. What's up, Chris Weaver? Regular in the Team Replay. And if you are passive observer, like B Seneca is earlier, take a minute, say hashtag, say hashtag um, passive observer. If you've been a little shy, if you're socially introverted, um, networking is so 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 valuable for your career for yourself. Take a second, say what's up in chat, hashtag, hashtag passive observer, and watch the Simply Cyber community wash over you in an awesome wave. Just like what we're about to do here with the top cyber news of the day. So sit back, relax, and let's get into the news. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, March 27th, 2023. UK bans TikTok from government mobile phones. Britain is to ban the Chinese-owned video sharing app TikTok from ministers and civil servants' mobile phones, bringing the UK in line with the US and the European Commission and reflecting deteriorating relations with Beijing. The decision marks a sharp U-turn from the UK's previous position and came a few hours after TikTok said its owner, ByteDance, had been told by Washington to sell the app or face a possible ban in the country. The ban will cover ministers and civil servants' work phones, but not their personal phones. All right. So, I mean, from the desk of nobody is surprised comes this development, UK banning TikTok from government phones. Um, <clears throat> This has been um, in. This has been coming. It's been discussed about. I'm pretty sure Canada banned it on government phones. The United States has banned it on government phones. UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, um, United States. I think. I think that's the five I countries. Uh, basically, good morning, Alex. Thanks for the squad uh, continued support. Uh, basically, the five eyes are tightly aligned with each other. It's like there's like NATO, and then within NATO, there's like a super click called um, the Five Eyes, and they're always in lockstep with each other. So this should come as zero surprise to anybody. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's really not much here to discuss from a cyber perspective. Um, 
I'll try my best not to bring up how the um, what, whatever, like you guys, I get confused. House of Representatives, Congress, Senate, whatever it was uh, last end of last week where the uh, the elected federal officials were interviewing the CEO of uh, of TikTok uh, and how how desperately uh, uninformed or out of touch uh, those elected officials are with what what the real challenges concerning that platform is uh it was kind of embarrassing actually but um anyways this is banned the real the real story here is um whether or not the united states is going to ban tiktok in general like so you know your your 14 year old daughter or your you know 16 year old son or the 20 year old uh gen z i guess uh working at your business who just started they're the ones like like be told they can't have TikTok anymore. That's that's where there's going to be massive uh, <laughs> societal impact, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, this should come as no surprise, guys, that the relationship with China and the Five Eye countries is deteriorating, uh, and and we've covered multiple things on the show before, so it it just is what it is. Microsoft pushes OOB security updates for Windows snipping tool flaw. Following up on a story we brought you last week, Microsoft released an emergency security update for the Windows 10 and Windows 11 snipping tool to fix the Acropolis privacy vulnerability. Yes. Now tracked as CVE 2023-28303, the Acropolis vulnerability is caused by image editors not properly removing cropped image data when overwriting the original file. However, with this bug, both the Google Pixels markup tool and the Windows snipping tool were found to be leaving the cropped data within the original file. Vice okay, so two things here. One, this is a screenshot from 010 Editor. Um, it's a hex editor. It's actually a pretty good hex editor. If you haven't played with hex editors and you're interested in um, software exploitation, reverse engineering, malware analysis, any of those are digital forensics. If any of those areas of cyber are interesting to you, you absolutely should know what a hex editor is. You can take calc.exe, you can take Clippy, you can take whatever binary or file you want. This is uh, a PNG file, not a not a GIF, Alana. And uh, you can open it in a hex editor and look at it. It'll, it'll look like the stuff on the right, right? Just a bunch of gobbledygook, but they're Stick it, you know what? Here's the thing. Stick an exe file in and look at the magic um, number. The, um, what is it? The MZ, right? 4A5D, I think it is. Just trust me. Put an exe in. You'll see the signature at the top. You'll also see this is not a DOS program. Okay, so that's just a quick little aside. I see you, Alana. That's just a quick aside about hex editors and why you should be familiar with them. Okay, here is two things for you. One is for the... Um, one is for the new breaking in crowd and one is for uh, everybody. And just before we go, I love, I love Acropolis as a name. Oh my God, that's so good. Ah, oh, Acropolis. So it's so, it's so witty. It's so clever. Ah, oh, okay. Um, Microsoft pushes an OOB. Now you might be, if you're, if you're a little bit older and you're pivoting into cybersecurity, you might be like, OOB, yeah, you know me. OOB, right? Like throwing it back, naughty by nature style. BSEC knows what I'm talking about. It's not, it's not O O um, O P P. It's OOB, which stands for out of bounds or out of out of band uh, security update. So Microsoft every single month, Patch Tuesday pushes 
Patch Tuesday patch is out, and it's really well known. It's expected vulnerability management um, practitioners, um, info, um, vulnerability managers, and IT professionals, especially ones who are responsible for IT infrastructure, are expecting Patch Tuesday. They know when it's coming. They've got you know uh, patch um, management concentric circles, right? Like Patch IT, Patch Champions you know, and then patch to the whole organization. When Microsoft or anybody, but Microsoft's kind of a big one, uh, pushes an out of band patch, that typically means, holy crap. Like when Exchange had those massive issues that they still have, uh, Exchange on-prem, proxy, shell, like that's an out of band patch. Like get this done immediately, okay? It cannot wait for Patch Tuesday. It's being actively exploited. It's very easy to exploit. These are reasons that we do out of band patches. Now, this is for the Windows snipping tool flaw that we discussed last week. Here, it, so the out of band thing, that's just for the new people here. Um, so they have context of why we do that and, and what's going on. Here's the weird thing. Here's the editorial. And I, you can't even use the tinfoil hat emo because I don't have a good hot take on this. I'm interested in what you guys are uh, thinking. This snipping tool, the problem is when you snip, uh, like say you, you know, like you're looking at this feed right now and you just like take a screenshot and you clip me out because I'm making a strange face, right? So you, cr you crop me out and then you send it to like BSEC sends it to Joel Belton and you're like, LOL, look at, look at this stupid face Jerry's making and all of the other contents not in there, but because of this flaw, all that data is actually still in there. And we can see this in this hex editor where basically the IEND uh, that's highlighted here represents the end of the image file on what to display. So when a uh, when you click on a, 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 a some type of application that will present to you the contents of a GIF or a JPEG or PNG file or whatever, and you're looking at it just like I'm looking at the screenshot of this hex editor, it tells you using the .ieND, I guess, in the PNG format where the end of the file is. However, as you can see here, all this extra crap after the IEND is actually image data. It's just not displayed to the uh, end user. What does this mean? Well, it means that whatever you cropped uh, out is still part of the file. So when you transmit it, somebody can recover that hidden data, which is obviously quite um, quite a problem if you're like redacting information to send sensitive information. If you're trying to screen clip um, a quote and you don't want your sources, if you're an, a journalist or something, you don't want your sources um, revealed. So, so there are some really issues. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, okay? And again, drop it in chat. And you guys may have been saying, I haven't been reading chat. Why is this an out-of-band security update? Like, I get that it's a big deal that you can recover hidden data, uh, or not hidden, but data that the intended uh, sender or the intended cropper did not intend to be consumed by anybody. Like they cropped it out on purpose. They've removed it on purpose. But to me, this like proxy shell, like active exploitation, threat actors taking it over, get your crap patched over the weekend, mind you. That was a weekend job. The Windows snipping tool, Acropolypse, does not seem... Yeah, I agree. BSEC says 99% of the use cases probably aren't sensitive, but there's probably one that is. I agree. It's got to be, it's got, it, there has to be some, something, some use case somewhere 
um, that is radioactive because you do not, Microsoft isn't going to do an out-of-band security update unless it's absolutely a priority. I mean, that's why it's out of band. It's a urgent priority. It need it cannot wait. That's the whole point of out of band. It cannot wait. It must be done now. And this just doesn't seem to warrant that level of urgency. So this is just my hot take on it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Society claims attack on Puerto Rico aqueduct and sewer authority. Ew. The Puerto Rico Aqueduct and Sewer Authority is investigating a cyber attack that hit the agency two weeks ago. The attack was disclosed on March 19th, and the announcement stated that threat actors had access to customer and employee information. The agency pointed out that the operations at the critical infrastructure managed by the agency in Puerto Rico were not impacted. At this time, the agency has yet to reveal the name of the group behind the attack, but the Vice Society ransomware gang added the authority to the list of victims on its Tor leak site. It All right, so... Um... You know, this is critical infrastructure, right? It, oh, Marcus Garani, that's uh, well put, well put in in emotes. Uh, I, you guys are terrible, just coming in hot with all the uh, sewage uh, references. Okay, so Vice Society, um, a major threat actor group. These groups have these uh, breach portals, these uh, breach pages. Some of them are on the dark web. Some of them have uh, surface web. Uh, re, um, Breach portals. Eric Taylor's in chat. He's got links to all of them. It's uh, up to him <laughs> to uh, disclose them or not. But um, they're basically uh, think of them as like the PR arm of any threat actor group, right? They have like a public presence, and that's where they disclose who they victimized. They also will share uh, evidence of their uh, exploits, um, you know, to, to further prove it. You can see there's some sensitive stuff in here. SQL is typically databases, finances, passports, social security numbers. All right. This is uh, operational technology. This is required um, infrastructure to run a modern society, okay? Water and sewer. Justin Gold knows a thing or two about water. Here's the deal, guys. The good news is, most operational technology, which is different than information technology, right? IT and OT. Most OT will continue to run because it's a lot of, si you know, like physical systems, you know, actual physical vents opening and closing, physical temperatures being turned up or turned down. Those will continue to work in a lot of instances, just like Colonial Pipeline continued to make uh, gasoline and petroleum products when it got hit a couple years ago. The IT, the way that the workers administer it, the way that the business um, operates, that is what has been impacted. So the good news is our, our Puerto Rican friends um, are fine, right? Like they'll still be able to like wash their hands and flush the toilets, but um, it's not good, obviously. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel like the United States FBI has made a, a mandate that you're not allowed to pay ransoms and since this is a government entity that got hit or an agency that got hit i would assume that they would have to comply with that so um you know just whatever look 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 out for this it seemed by the way i don't know why like a lot of uh critical infrastructure is grossly un under um like running on legacy systems and stuff like that but water, water seems to get hit a lot more often than any other 
critical infrastructure. I mean, I guess not really like, you know, hospitals get hit all the time and stuff like that. It's just, it's just weird to me that there's a lot of water, like the Klopp ransomware gang hit, hit the, hit the Staffordshire water group out in the UK, um, Jacksonville, North Carolina, a couple years ago on WASA, O-N-W-A-S-A got hit with ransomware. Um, yeah, it just, it, it, I don't know why it just, I don't know. Water, water seems kind of like a niche, a niche area to hit. Intel co-founder and philanthropist Gordon Moore dies at 94. The co-founder of Intel, Gordon Moore, died Friday at his home in Hawaii. Holding a PhD in chemistry and physics, he made his famous observation, now known as Moore's Law, three years before he helped start Intel in 1968. The prediction, which had been originally applied to the doubling of transistors on a semiconductor, has since been applied to hard drives, computer monitors, and other electronic devices, and symbolizes the benefits and effects of exponential scale on technology. The law states that the number of transistors on a microchip roughly doubles every two years, while its cost is halved over that same time period. All right, couple things. One, um, you know... I guess take a minute celebration of life 94 i'm not saying like oh i'm glad this guy died not at all right obviously but like when you when you get past 90 you know you could take a lap you could take a hot lap and and be like you know what i did all right i i i made it right this guy um obviously intel <laughs> if you don't know what intel is welcome uh to the party uh intel is um you know microchips this guy was in a like the processor, right? Intel inside. Um, it's still a juggernaut in the industry. Uh, this guy co-founded it. Moore's law is famously known um, that basically everything kind of doubles um, every 18 months. It moves faster now. Uh, the scary thing, if you want to apply Moore's law in a current uh, model. Shall we play a game? Yeah, Moore's law applied to AI. Ooh, <laughs> chat gpt 30 um you know like watch out for that uh anyways this guy died uh celebration of life good good you know good i'm glad obviously he ushered in um what became modern society's information age um you know obviously the intel chips in the 60s it was the arpanet or darpanet then arpa uh again echoing what i've said in the past about how military uh, capabilities will leverage newest technology before anyone else. Look at the computer, <laughs> right? Uh, and finally, this dude had a PhD in chemistry and physics. Um, just as a quick aside, and I know this doesn't really resonate with everybody, but but I have a PhD, right? I joke that nobody would ever get a second PhD because it is incredibly emotionally exhausting, time-consuming. It's lonely. Going on and getting a PhD is an incredibly arduous pro process. And the fact that this dude had two just shows you how um, next level this guy was because you, you really got really to love, love it uh, to go back and get a second one. So anyways, final, final thought on this. Dude died in Hawaii, right? I know, I know um, some people live in Hawaii already full time, but dude, I can't think, like in my mind, maybe it seems a little poetic. But like sitting on a beach, beautiful weather with like a coconut drink in my hand at 94, just watching waves wash up on my ankles and thinking, you know what? <laughs> it's pretty good. This is pretty good. This isn't bad, right? So 
Good, good on you, Gordon Moore. Thanks. Thanks for all you did. And now, a word from our sponsor, Trend Micro. Cybersecurity is not just about protection. It's about foresight, agility, and resilience. Navigating a new era of cyber risk demands evolved strategies, new frameworks, and integrated tools to equip security teams to anticipate and defend against even the most advanced attacks. Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities around the world in their latest Risk to Resilience World Tour, the largest cybersecurity roadshow of its kind. Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap towards a more resilient future. Head to trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right. And, and don't make, make no mistake, getting a PhD is a wonderful endeavor. I would just say you have to do it for you. At the end of the day, it's a very lonely path. The shine wears off quickly. You have to do it for you. You have to have that drive. I see Kathy Chambers up in chat. Good to see you, Kathy. You're going to crush... You're going to crush your PhD, no, no, no doubt in my mind. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll, which means only one thing. And if you're new here, this is what we do. Hey, 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 hey. All right, guys, thank you all so very much for being here today. Genuinely appreciate it. Love starting my morning, starting my week with all of you. Thank you to the sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions, Panopsi, and XM Cyber. I mentioned XM Cyber a little while ago, but what, what about them? Well, XM Cyber is a sponsor, and I want you to know that here's the deal. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of businesses have cloud on-prem. There's misconfigurations, mismanaged credentials, security updates. Maybe you, uh, you got this Acropolis patch coming in you got to do something with right but you can't really see you see everything but you have no context of how it all interrelates and inter integrates with each other that's where xm cyber comes in okay it's a it's a software as a service solution and they allow you to address hybrid cloud exposure so instead of looking at just the silos of patches or identity and access management issues xm cyber provides a kind of a an overview to show you attack paths, very visual, and it'll allow you to uncover hidden attack paths, security control gaps that, that you maybe you didn't even know you had in your environment, both in cloud and on-prem and how you can pivot through them. Basically, it's a visual overview of what an attacker could do and how they can move through your environment, which is important because this visual will allow you to pinpoint exactly where your issues are and most importantly, prioritize. So basically, if you can identify like a choke point where every attack, yeah, they could attack these 50 um, external endpoints, but they're all gonna have to go through this one choke point in your network before they get to the crown jewels. Well, here's a shocker. You can fix, harden, patch, strengthen, lock down that choke point, and you've just significantly reduced your risk for you know your time investment. Anyways, it's very, very cool. Check out xmcyber.com. There's a link in the description below. You can get with them and have them demo or show off their exposure management platform. They don't, they don't bite, so give them, a, give them a ring and see what's up. Guys, I definitely want to thank all of you. Um, if you had a chance, hit that like button. Uh, it goes a long way to tell other people about what we're doing in here. It's not, to, it's not to stroke my ego. It's to let other cyber people who just don't know about Simply Cyber discover Simply Cyber. Every single day in the comments, I see at least one person say, I just found you. Holy crap, this is awesome. 
LFG, all right? Now, guys, if many of you got the Crush It uh, Cyber Pro newsletter this morning, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Forward it to a friend if you think someone else could get some value. I wrote it yesterday. Um, I like it quite a bit. Uh, so sign up, simplycyber.io slash newsletter to continue to get those. And this Wednesday, we started it last week, Threat Intel industry-specific uh, Threat Intel email goes out on Wednesdays in a collaboration with a group named Codename Purple that I'm playing with. Let me know what you think. That, that Threat Intel um, industry-specific Threat Intel newsletter is something new we're doing, so I'm open to constructive criticism. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Want to say what's up? Here's what we're doing. We're going to tag someone in chat and on Team Replay. They go off onto LinkedIn and post what their story is. Why are they into cybersecurity? What have they done? What have they seen? How has Simply Cyber helped them? All of you that aren't them, go on, like, comment, share, and most importantly, connect with that person and everyone in chat. You're going to build your own network, your own uh, powerful connections, that way, when you need a job or when you want to engage with like-minded professionals, you'll have built that network and you won't just be yelling into the void of LinkedIn. Believe that. Uh, Wayne's Real World, uh, if Jenny Housley's in here, Patrick Moss, if Patrick Moss is in here, it's on Patrick Moss to tag somebody and also Altron on on the, um, I don't even have Discord up. She's mod, sorry. Um, all right, hold on. Let's see. Looks like uh, I don't know. We might. Sorry, Team Replay. We may have to. <laughs> we may have to uh, push Team Replay to the side. But if Patrick Moss is in chat, holla, holla, holla. And Jared Matthews. Uh, unfortunately, Jared Matthews got missed. I know you guys can't see this. Uh, but if Jared Matthews is in chat, Jared, go ahead and uh, jump into the Simply Cyber Community Challenge yourself. All right, Patrick Moss. It's on Patrick Moss. If he doesn't tag someone, I will tag somebody. Let me know. Uh, I'll do it. Oh, there he is right there. Justin Rover. Justin Rover. Let me know, Justin, if you accept the challenge. And Altron, you do that. Guys, final thing. Every single day of the week, we have some special activity. And Mondays is dedicated for my son, Callan. He's very artistic, very creative. He gets Monday's art of the week. This one, uh, you know, it always surprises me because I'm so conformist. When I think art of the week, I think like draw a picture, draw a picture, draw a picture. Callan's done pottery. He's done pictures. He's done interactive things. He's done so many things. He brought this to me on Friday and said, Dad, this is the art of the week for next week. Okay. It, it seems simple, but it's pretty cool. So this is Callan's art of the week. He wants me to use this, right? So, uh... I'm, I'm gonna, how did he say to do it? I'm delivering the top cyber news, boom! I'm delivering the top cyber news, boom! Right, so Callan made like a comic book action sound effect for me to exercise if I really need to, boom! Emphasize a point. So thank you, Callan, for your creative, thoughtful, uh, and just out of the box thinking when it comes to art. All right, guys, let's do it. Let's slide in back into the news and finish strong, shall we? Inaudible ultrasound attack can stealthily control your phone or smart speaker.
American university researchers have developed a novel attack called Near Ultrasound Inaudible Trojan, NUIT, that can launch silent attacks against devices powered by voice assistants like smartphones, smart speakers, and other IoTs. Professor Guinevere Chen of the University of Texas in Antonio, her doctoral student, Chi Xia, and Professor Shuhai Zhu of the University of Colorado demonstrated NUIT's attacks against modern voice assistants found inside millions of devices, including Apple's Siri, Google's Assistant, Microsoft's Cortana, and Amazon's Alexa, showing the ability to send malicious commands to those devices. The main principle that makes NUIT effective and dangerous is that microphones in smart devices can respond to near ultrasound waves that the human ear cannot, thus performing the attack with minimal risk of exposure while still using conventional speaker technology. Wow. Panera. Okay. Um, this is uh, interesting. So we, we know that um, re um universities are always doing kind of like novel attacks and stuff like this but this one actually has a lot of um practical applications guys let's see the victim's operating a computer nearby leaving his phone behind okay interesting so here's the deal here's the deal with this attack you are able to basically say you know hey google or hey uh, echo device or hey google assistant or hey whatever like there are so many of hey siri hey cortana right there's so many of these attack uh of these services and these platforms and these tools out there and they make it super easy for you to say something to do something hey turn on my lights turn off my lights open my door my hands are full give me directions call this number okay but when we do it like i used to have a, a neighbor who um Lo love the guy but every time he would come over as he would leave my house he would say hey google right to so activate the google home devices he'd say hey google play slayer volume 10 and then he'd laugh hysterically and walk out the door and it would start playing like like loud rock and roll music and yes i stop it but you still have like two seconds of being punked right so it will take, there's no authentication, there's no validation of who the speaker is when you issue a command to these things. It will just execute the command, which by the way, is a, I mean, from a security practice, that is scary that there is zero authentication. This is like the internet in 1991, right? Like anyone, anything goes, right? Read Cliff Stoll's The Cuckoo's Egg and you'll know what I'm talking about. That's the 70s and Bell Labs, uh, uh, UCAL Berkeley, but still the point, is the same um in cuckoo's egg like basically you could just like connect to any network and just get in so here's the deal um with this attack you can say hey google play slayer volume 10 except you you don't hear the command because you can use ultrasonic sound that is at a level that the human ear cannot detect however the devices can detect what does this mean now? Well, it means you can execute commands on the device, right? You, and like, if you're really good at it, you could actually have it execute malware or visit a site and pull a payload. I could envision a really practical application that like, this is obviously, I'm not a threat actor and I'm, I'm about as, I'm like more like salmon pink than red when it comes to effective um, offensive security, but I do dabble, right? I could envision an attack where, you know, somehow you're able to 
dude, think about this. Imagine if you bought a radio spot on a popular station, right? Like, like whatever LA rock and roll station or New York hip hop. Um, isn't there's like a really good, like blazing. What is it? Blazing hip hop. Uh, nine, 90, 90 something at New York city's got a really great hip hop uh, rap station. Like when I drive uh, up to Massachusetts, I always tune into it, but it's like blazing something. Anyways, if there's anyone in New York in here, holler at me, but I can imagine, imagine this, you spend a thousand dollars on a radio spot that hundreds of thousands of people are going to hear. And you play the ultrasonic command, which commands your phone or your devices to go to a malicious site, which proactively exploits like some known vulnerability in Google Android or in iPhone or in the, um, the echo devices or whatever. And then you compromise them. It's like, you could, you could very quickly compromise a ton of things, right? Hot 97. Thank you, Sean. So my thing is, my thing is like, this is kind of scary. And, um, this is something that would warn an out of band patch to, to, to do a harken back to, uh, the first story here. But, um, all I could think of is the way to resolve this would be on the technology stack, right? And, and, and kind of dial in, um, what it can hear and what it can hear. And that might even have to be like a physical, um, like, like you can't fix it with software. You might have to fix this with hardware. Anyways, right now it's just a novel attack. Um, there's probably some considerations around how you how you create the ultrasonic sound in order for the device to hear it. But this is really scary um, just because of the ubiquity and pervasiveness of these smart devices in people's homes, uh, people's businesses, et cetera. So watch out for this one. I'm, I'm gonna, Normally I kind of like mock um research academic re not market but all academic research uh oftentimes is very 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 early uh and doesn't really have like practical application at the time this one does this one's scary bread will use palm scanning technology for its loyalty program panera bread is rolling out palm scanners that will link customers handprints to their loyalty accounts a move the company paints as convenient but that privacy advocates have decried the biometric gathering technology developed by Amazon will hit stores in the next few months, Panera said on Wednesday. The gadgets will help suggest menu items based on customers' order histories and allow employees to greet customers by their names and share customers' available rewards, the company said. Yeah, that's what I want. Panera Bread CEO Niren Chaudhary described the move as a, quote, frictionless, personalized, and convenient, end quote, evolution of Panera's loyalty program, which boasts 52 million members. However, digital rights activists worry that information could be tapped by federal agencies or accessed by hackers. You um, okay. <laughs> From the desk of nobody asked for, Panera Bread rolls out biometric um, things. Now, you know, you're, uh, you might be like, well, what's the big deal? I, I like that they know I like an everything bagel. I, I like that they know that I prefer the... Uh, the sweet nutty uh, flavors of the uh, cream cheese, the honey nut cream cheese. Here's the deal, and I'm, I guess I'm, it's not too bad, but like when they scan your handprint and they know it's you, that handprint data has to be saved somewhere, correct? And if you're using your handprint for anything else, they have a copy of it. I'm not saying it's exactly like this, but imagine if you will. You had a key 
and they issued you a key and you turn the you put the key in and only you have the key and you put the key in and the lock you're able to unlock they say oh yeah hey jerry what's up it's good to see you yeah well that same key will unlock anything where the lock is your biometric handprint do you understand you don't have a panera handprint and then a you know secret skiff handprint you have a handprint right so it's very convenient it's very cool uh but there is some concern panera is in the business of making bread not in the business of securing secrets so you know the second they're breached whether or not we know it um all that data gets taken and then that's it so whatever i mean for what it's worth um panera um ha has messed up my family's order more than once to the point where Panera is dead to us. But uh, so I'm not going to be getting my handprint scanned uh, anytime soon. But Panera, um, whatever. No one asked for this. Okay. You know, I guess the one thing that I do appreciate about this is that Panera, this is going to put biometric authentication um, and identity further on the mainstream media map. What you really should be concerned about, in my opinion, is the uh, prolific use of biometrics by TSA at American airports, right? Now, now that's a little different. Now we're talking a little bit different and uh, profiling all these other things. That use of um, biometrics and surveillance and execution of it is way more scary than this, but this will help put it further on the map. Nobody asked for this Panera. Oh, and by the way, it's just like obviously they say it's a frictionless experience and it's to it's a it's a it's a benefit to the customer. No, it's not. Like you are full of it. Why they're doing this is because they want to track, they want a better way to track their customers. They want to know who spends the most money. They want to know what you normally get. So then they can offer you more product so they can make more great cash, homie. Okay, National Crime Agency reveals it ran fake DDoS for hire sites to collect users' data. Britain's National Crime Agency, NCA, revealed on Friday that it had set up a number of fake DDoS for hire sites to infiltrate the online criminal underground. It said that users who registered for the sites were not given access to cybercrime tools, but instead had their data collated by investigators. The operation aims at low-level criminals who tend to use booters as their stock in trade and provides police with a mechanism to intervene in the cases of potential offenders when they are engaged in what the NCA describes as, quote, an attractive entry-level crime, end quote. All right, there we go. Uh, our good friends over across the pond, Pip-Pip and all that, cheerio. Uh, UK National Crime Agency set up basically a speed trap <laughs> for threat actors uh, a fake ddos uh, they didn't actually execute anything but um i'm not saying this is entrapment but like this and i don't even know if they have that law in the in the united kingdom but basically um this is the equivalent of like um like going like setting up like a prostitution sting or something right or a speed trap where you set up this service and then criminals come out of the woodwork to say, hey, like, we'd like to use some denial of service services from you. Like, here's our elite, here's our, like, you know, whatever payments. And then the UK uh, collects information on them, begins to build a profile. And then 
I suppose, arrests them at some point for engaging in criminal activity. Yeah, it's like, it is. It is a honeypot, Alana. Um, so what's interesting is in the story, and I would agree with this, they say that uh, basically lower level threat actors, people who are just dabbling, people who are just getting a taste of the, um, of the, of the, of the criminal cyber life uh, will typically engage in denial of service services, I guess. I, I, I've never seen any uh, information around that. I mean, if I was going to get into cybercrime, I wouldn't get in denial of service. I'd go straight into ransomware as a service. If it were me, and if I was a cyber criminal, which I'm not, believe me, I don't even play one on TV. Although sometimes I do stream as a threat actor, um, but that's aside the point. Anyways, this is this feels like entrapment, but you know what? I got to play the sounder. And it, it's funny because we're like I was just railing against Panera, uh, being like big data hoarders and stuff like that. And I rail on big tech companies doing data hoarding all the time. Uh, UK National collecting users' data. Now I wonder. Here's the funny like funny joke, and then I'll I'll turn over. I wonder if if the UK National Crime Agency had a data breach and the criminal users' data got leaked. Would they be responsible for disclosing that to the criminals, right? I mean, they're people too. I, I don't know. I'm being slightly facetious. Last week in ransomware. Last week's news was dominated by the Klopp ransomware gang extorting companies whose Go Anywhere services were breached using a zero-day vulnerability. Bleeping Computer has confirmed this week that Saks Fifth Avenue, the city of Toronto, Procter & Gamble, Virgin Red, and the UK Pension Protection Fund are related to the vulnerability. Also last week, the city of Oakland is suddenly being extorted on the Lockbit data leak site when a few weeks ago they were claimed by a Play ransomware attack. It is unclear if Lockbit is helping Play to extort the city. Last week also saw MKS Instruments and Lehigh Valley Health hit with lawsuits stemming from ransomware activity and exposure. Just a reminder that we... Wow. Okay. Um, a couple things. Eric Taylor, if you're in chat, uh, I'm kind of curious. This is the first time I've seen this before. So Play Ransomware is the one who's claimed, and I don't think anyone's disputing it, to have been behind the city of Oakland ransomware attack. But now Lockbit is, um, is also extorting city of oakland so now i'm confused whether lockbit purchased the data from play and now is throwing it up on their site and extorting them or if they're collaborating as far as i know and this is why i called out eric taylor uh you don't see ransomware threat actor groups collaborating typically like it's very like as far as i know it's very uncommon um unless they're like rebranding the way that like dark side black matter black uh black cat alpha black black alpha Alfie, like that that was the same people. They were just changing the name. So that's not really what I'm talking about. Play Ransomware and Lockbit are two different threat actor groups. One is, as far as I know, Play is a threat actor group. Lockbit is more of a ransomware as a service. So um, it's kind of curious. You don't see that often. What you do see often, you can see here, Monty Ransomware and Donut Leaks, um, two what I would call lower tier threat actor groups. We don't hear a lot about them um, with successful things. They got some beef going, a little bit of a tweet beef here. Um, what, another interesting thing we saw city, uh, Procter and Gamble got hit. Um, Procter and Gamble is a massive big pharma company. So whoever hit them, 
uh, is going to try to cash in, I'm sure. That would be the um, Clop ransomware, which last week we covered this in the news brief. Go Anywhere is a remote access solution. There was a zero day that they had discovered or bought. They probably bought it, honestly, on the dark web and were able to exploit the crap out of people. Again, this Go Anywhere vulnerability is an absolute out of band type patch, not like Acropolypse, okay? Um, so, and we, we told you guys, scan your external network, look for Go Anywhere exposures, could be Carl standing up uh, a go anywhere solution so they could come in on the weekend. But Procter and Gamble, Saks Fifth Avenue, those are big, big people. And then UK Pension Protection Fund, nasty business guys. I can't think of anything more scary than um, somebody who's like depending on a pension to retire and then the pension gets sacked. Oh, that is horrible. We talked about Gor uh, Gordon Moore dying on the beach in Hawaii. I mean, he didn't die on the beach in Hawaii, but like you know, retiring, spending your golden years on a beach in Hawaii. If, if, if you're depending on a pension and the pension gets hit, you're going to spend your golden years working because you know, you can't, there's nothing there. All right. So anyways, this is the, uh, weekend ransomware that they do this all the time. Every Monday, there's a week or Friday, there's a roundup. Uh, it's good to do, to look at this roundup for your industry, for your situation, because there's a lot of stories in here and you can pull them in order to uh, inform like whatever it is that you're wanting to do. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the news. So if you were here just for the news, I want to say thank you. But really quickly before you roll, let me uh, put on some soft tunes here. Before you roll, hey, later today at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be playing World of Haiku. Every single Monday, I play a cyber-based video game live on stream with the Simply Cyber community. Today, we're playing World of Haiku. We're going to be uh, actually previewing some unreleased content. So I have early access to it, which is part of the cool thing with the stream. Uh, I have early access, so I'm going to be showing off... Um, uh, new content, uh, Derb, right? Derbuster, if you're familiar with that, which allows you to kind of uh, brute force enumerate hidden web resources. I'm going to be showing off that tool and um, and uh, going going uh, buck wild on that. So if you like good times, come over and hang out. All right, Eric Taylor's chiming in. Looks like the city of Oakland claimed publicly that it was play, but maybe misspoke. Okay, cool. Thank you, Eric Taylor. Yeah, you got to be careful when you're doing attribution, people. <laughs> All right, so come hang out. By the way, love this uh, thumbnail. It reminds me what I wanted to tell you guys. But if you were here just for the news, 243 of you guys, woo, we straight crushed it today. Boom, roasted. Appreciate all of you. Uh, come back tomorrow. Um, I still am teaching. I teach at the Citadel Military College on Tuesday and Thursday morning. So tomorrow's stream will be at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Left Coast people love it. Um, so come back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, Wednesday, 8 a.m. And uh, starting in the summer and forever after, it'll always be 8 a.m. Eastern time. But tomorrow it's 10 a.m. Eastern time. Guys, I made a unreleased video. Um, I basically just, so this is for Jaw Jack in time. I discovered a technique or I've, hold on. Let me just look at my calendar really quickly. I'm sorry, y'all. I want to make sure I, I constantly drive right into a 9 a.m. meeting. All right, I have a meeting at um, 9.20. Woo! Hashtag jawjacking. All right, guys, I, I, I have an unreleased video. I'm going to drop a link in chat. 
let me just get the link here really quickly. I, I basically uh, developed a technique to make thumbnails for YouTube videos, just like this one right here, right? And I can make them in under three minutes. Like it's sick. And, and, and the thing is I can't publicly release it on my YouTube channel because all of my YouTube content is focused on um, cybersecurity, leveling up, getting a job in the industry, right? None of it is around content creation. And if I made a video on content creation, it would, um, it would, it would really screw up the algorithm, right? Like people like YouTube would be like, okay, so now you're a YouTube content creator channel. So if you're interested in my, my technique or whatever you want to call it, here's a link to that video. Okay. Um, uh, let me, let me do this. So th this is why the the header uh, or the the overlay was on when I started the stream this morning because I, I recorded this uh, over the weekend. You can see the video is unlisted. Um, there's if, if you guys make content, if you wanted to make a cool thumbnail, uh, if you've been thinking about it, I, I know certain people in the community have been thinking um, uh, of starting a YouTube channel. I'm actually working on a... Um, I'm actually working on a course, okay? Like it's 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 definitely um, the third course that I'm working on. So like Cybersecurity 101, the super top secret course that I'm working on, and then um, the YouTube. I want to do a course on how to do a YouTube channel with the ex explicit intention of by doing YouTube, by doing podcasting, you can build your network, build your brand start you know basically doing what i'm doing here if this is something that's interesting to you again networking is super powerful making content and sharing it with other people is a wonderful way to do it i've been doing simply cyber for over three years and i've learned a ton i've made many mistakes i i have a three minute technique for making thumbnails now i used to spend hours making thumbnails right and they they weren't good <laughs> so uh, check it out um if you're interested in all of that uh, what's the link to the sock class? Um, so I don't know what you're talking about, but if you went into the, if you guys uh, saw the newsletter this morning, the crush it newsletter, I actually put a link to, um, the sock analyst, uh, experience. Here's a link to that. Um, this is a total playlist. Um, if you guys want right here, check this out. This is uh, all of the content curated and aggregated directly into um, one playlist. This is exactly what you need for all the SOC Analyst um, lab stuff. Uh, I do want to say shout out and thanks to all of you who shared this particular video um, with your community of interest. This video has only been out six days and it already has 11,000 views, which is really good for Simply Cyber content. So that's directly because of all of you sharing the content. Um, you know, and I, I think it's pretty good content, but I, I you know, I appreciate it guys uh, for all you guys do. All right, let's see. YouTube chat does not show the link. Really? How does YouTube chat not show the link? It's like, it's, I could see it, right? I could see, see where it says Gerald Lozier in the yellow box on the right. And then there's the link right there. I don't know what's up. 
Nice, Carrie got the VMware uh, 16 working on his laptop. Very nice. All right, guys, where are we at? 8.57? We got a couple minutes. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Guys, I got to tell you, it doesn't happen often, but today was one of those days where um, I woke up and I was pleasant. Uh, I was unpleasantly surprised that it was already 6.30 a.m., right? I was like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I just laid down. Ugh. Let's see. Uh, let's see. David Beard. I've done two YouTube channels for my wife's business. It gets easier. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, David. That's, that's great. Thanks for offering your support and uh, helping anyone out who has a question. Content creation video about thumbnails. Oh, oh, okay. Let's do that then here. I'm going to share this. Copy. Um, there we go. There's another one. Hopefully that came through. I don't like this song. All right. Hey, Team Hybrid, Eric Q. Good to see you. Gotta go. Have a good day, B Seneca. Link works. User might be trying to click the video versus the actual chat window. True, true. It is there and working. Very nice. Crush your week. All right, Alana, be good. Boom, roasted. All right, guys. Looks like we're right at nine o'clock. I want to thank all of you. Have a wonderful day. All of you. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with the Simply Cyber community. I hope this. Morning briefing brought you value. Go out there and crush it, everyone. Until later today at 4 p.m. for the Let's Play or tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the Simply Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm Jerry. Until next time, stay secure.